Hey, it's Gaz here for episodes like Gaz on the Go, Getting There with Gaz and Levac and Gaz. Just here to remind you about our good friends over at Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. Your best way back to normal this summer is tefireandwater.com. That's their website. If your house has water damage, fire damage, mold damage, you're not quite sure what to do or who to call, call the people that you can trust. Local business here, Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. A big sponsor for all Gazilla Media podcasts. If you enjoy the podcast you're listening to right now, you want to support those people that make it happen. And that's Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Follow them on Facebook today, facebook.com slash tefirewater. And again, their website, tefirewater.com. Mold damage, fire damage. People, you need that help. Those people just come help you. That's Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Don't forget, Levac and Gaz continues on this summer thanks to Techies Fire and Water Restoration. We are back Saturday, July 17th, if you are an Albany Empire fan, maybe you're a fan of the Albany Firebirds back in the day, even back to the Times Union Center, come out. 3.30 to 5, we'll be broadcasting live outside the Times Union Center, getting ready for the game. Also available on YouTube.com slash Godzilla Media, where you can find all the Godzilla Media podcasts as well. So thanks to Techies Fire and Water Restoration, Levac and Gaz back this weekend, and make sure to support Techies Fire and Water Restoration. Write down that info in case you have any problems this summer. Now, Back to this Godzilla Media sponsored podcast. All right, my little butterflies, before we get into this episode knee deep of white heat, I almost kind of rhymed a little bit of alliteration, but not really. But anyways, I want to talk to you again about Mohawk Honda. Our good friends over at Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, Glenville, whatever you want to call it. It's the same damn thing, really. Uh, yeah, they are sponsoring... All of the podcasts from Godzilla Media, including this one right here, White Heat. And I know every dealer, you know, they, they, they watch your trading right now. I know myself, my wife and I, we are uh, thinking about trading in our two vehicles for something newer, a little more efficient in the vehicle department. And the, here's the problem, though. A lot of shortage in the market right now. And so you can go to any random Joe Schmo lot that's local. And yeah, great. You could trade in your vehicle, but they ain't really gonna have much for you to look at and try to turn that cash around into a new a newer vehicle. Well, at Mohawk Honda, not only will they give you top dollar for that trade in today, they also have acres and acres of inventory for you to choose from. So you ain't gotta go bouncing around from dealership to dealership trying to find a way to trade in your vehicle and get a newer one with the cash you're getting. They have the largest inventory of vehicles in the capital region in upstate New York, and that means you could choose the right one for you. Yeah, there's dealers are talking about their values, and, you know, you know they just they, they really just want to make things the most efficient for them. But really, Mohawk Honda, they're going to take care of you and focus on your values. So go to Mohawk Honda, buy the vehicle you deserve from their vast selection of certified pre-owned vehicles guaranteed to fit your needs and your lifestyle. This summer, selection is king, and no one has more to choose from than Mohawk Honda, Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, Glenville, where they will always go out of their way to please you. And that said, what does the mug say, JJ? This is... This is some serious gourmet. Sh ah, yes, yes. We we love Pulp Fiction here on White Heat. We really do. Ah, uh, yeah. So welcome into White Heat, episode nine here, uh, presented by Godzilla Media and sponsored by Mohawk Honda. Uh, 
So let's just dive right into it because, JJ, you were, you were on the road last weekend. You were cruising your way from Connecticut across multiple state lines into Philadelphia to check out MLW Battle Riot. Let's, uh, uh, let's go into – let's start with the, uh, the traveling stuff. Anything, any curveballs you were thrown – Good things, bad things while you were on the road, anything like that? So traffic actually wasn't that bad. A little little stop and go here and there, but like in usual spots like on the sawmill because they're they're trying to – apparently they're finally adding another lane to the sawmill. It's only been 50 years. Um, <laughs> uh, finally, my actually it was my first trip over the Cuomo Bridge because I hadn't seen it. You know, you know the new ta- – the one that replaced the Tappan Zee? It will always be the Tappan Z. Yeah, I know. Because well, I was going over, I was just like, what is it, the Cuomo Bridge? I'm like, oh, this is okay. It's nice. But yeah, yeah, I know. Because I used to take the Tappan Z to go to shows in Wayne. So, um, but yeah, no, it was a pretty, it was a pretty easy commute. Um, I wish I had found a better hotel. <laughs> okay. Just because like I, I used, I used uh, the booking app. And I found like I found something that wasn't the cheapest. I found like you know a few dollars more, and you know something that looked like it had a decent rating. And um, it was actually in Philly. Like usually when I when I go to stay in Philly, I end up having to stay in Cherry Hill because mm-hmm. you know Philly's filled up. But I got a spot and uh, requested an accommodation for first floor because I, I got the GIMP scooter and requested an accommodation to check in at one instead of three. Mm-hmm. And booking approved all that shit. So we get there at two o'clock and I wheel in. I'm like, yeah, I need to check in. And the guy's like, check in's not till three. I'm like, I have a special accommodation. He's like, I don't care what that says. That's good customer service. Oh yeah. And I was like, dude, I mean, he was just like, he's like, take that up with the app. I don't care. I'm like, okay. So then like we go outside and uh, I'm with shell and she was like, fuck it. We're just going to sit here in the car for an hour in the AC. I'm like, but we could go do stuff. But we sat in the car for an hour, and then we checked in. And he was trying to be all nice to me. Then he's like, "Oh, I love Connecticut." I'm like, "Nobody fucking loves Connecticut, dude. Like, <laughs> nobody does." Oh boy. So we check in, we get situated, and then we're like, "All right." So um, the, when I emailed the venue about early entry, they were like, "We're going to open up doors at four thirty. Yeah. Even how many years have I been in the business and I still haven't realized um, indie wrestling time is indie wrestling time. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there, but the great thing was we got a parking spot right in front of the arena, which made with shell was over the moon because she, she had these heels that she wanted to wear. And she's like, I'm not wearing these fucking heels. If we got to walk eight blocks, but because we're right in front of the arena, she's like, I can wear my heels. I'm like, okay, cool. So we go, we, uh, they actually opened the doors at like quarter after five, went in, um, found out that the, the VIP or whatever and all that stuff got to get, got to get in to uh, be seated at six. So it actually wasn't that much of a wait. Uh, watch, I watched Shell mark out for Mil Muertes because he was standing there at the merch table and she didn't even realize until she looked up from her phone and she had a moment <laughs> and she was like, he's so little. I'm like, we know who it is under the mask. You already knew his fucking height. She's like, yeah, but it's just different. I'm like, it's because Lucha Underground made him look like a fucking giant. That's why. 
But oh uh, boy, I mean, no, nothing against. It. I fucking love Mel Muertes. But um, yeah, and I mean, the show was um, there was a, they did a lot of tapings for uh, tapings for Fusion for the upcoming month. So I don't want to spoil anything, right? As far as that goes, um, some local talent was on the show, um, and some talent that I've been meaning to see is on the show. I finally got to see. I've been wanting to see Willow Nightingale live, and I finally got to see her work a match. She's fucking dynamite. Um, Even though the opponent you said she was facing was a. Uh... Yeah. Trying to fuck her over, but that's okay. Not a fan. Not a fan. But um, we got uh, well, we got uh, uh, Cesar Duran, Dario Cueto came out for the opening promo. Um, and uh, he got cut off by Injustice, who said they wanted a tag title match. And then it showed MLW announced that they're the final member of their draft was going to be announced sometime during the uh, during the show so then the countdown clock starts and all of a sudden boom and you just see lax across the screen and out comes conan and julius smokes and the new lax um fuck i forgot their names uh pull it up because apparently conan uh, or well apparently impact and conan have the rights to the name so that's why they're able to use it so it was two younger kids, and I mean, they looked good. You know, I actually kind of like them better than uh, Santana and Ortiz. Oh, here we go. And um, MLW, what was it? Because there's, yep, there's a picture from it. Uh, da, 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 da. Danny Limelight and Slice Boogie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of New York kids. And Julius Folks is with them. And I mean, that and that was a decent segment, you know, but it was amazing because um, uh, Cesar Duran didn't say ring the bell. Like, that's what we were all waiting for. And he didn't say it. But good Lord, does that dude know how to play the fucking crowd? Like, spot on. Fucking great. Especially, like, after that whole segment, like, he had his chick with him. Mm-hmm. And um, they were looking for a place to sit at, at ringside. And literally, like, they had Atlas Security come over and, like, open the barricade for them to sit, like, on the south side. And then they're sitting, and the, and the whole crowd, like, Philly's fucking, it's Philly. And so, like, yeah, and everyone's like, south side sucks, south side sucks. And then he gets up and moves over to another section and the same thing. And this went on for, like, 20 minutes. Like, just getting heat. Fucking awesome. Uh, the, the big hot opener was the bunkhouse brawl with the Von Erics against um, uh, Kevin Koo and... Uh, um, the fuck else was it from Team Filthy? Shit, I forgot. I mean, it was, and, and, and Tom Lawler was obviously interfering, but it was a, oh, um, um, Rip Von Eric. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a solid match. Nice little uh, tribute to Terry Funk in it. Uh, Marshall Von Eric moonsaulted, uh, moonsaulted through a table. And, Sounds uh, right. Yeah. I mean, the show overall was fun. Like I said, I don't want to spoil matches that are going to actually air on their YouTube channel and on Vice. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, when it does air, there's one match go out of your way to go see. And that is, uh, it was a lucha match with some newer guys. It was Erez versus Aramis. Just perfection. Like, the way lucha is supposed to be done. Start off slow. Good build, get to the high spots, and just build the crowd to when there's a holy shit moment, 
there's a reason to chant holy shit. Mm-hmm. And just they just they were impressive as fuck. I have to give them that. And uh Alex Kane from fucking America's Top Team, that kid's a fucking beast. That kid needs to get signed somewhere. Same thing with the Von Erics. Before it's too late, Vince needs to pick them up. So all in all, a scale of uh, 1 to 10, how would you rate your trip overall? Give it a solid 8. <clears throat> solid 8 out the door. All right. Yeah. Battle like Riot it. itself was fun because it was like being at the Rumble where there's, you know, surprise entrance. Right. Of which we popped for some and others we were like, fucking really? Just because that was my only qualm was Jacob Fatu is the champion. Mm-hmm. He's in Contra Unit. There's seven other guys in Contra Unit, and they were all in the Battle Riot. Like, that's almost fucking 25% of the people in it. Like, I wasn't big on that. Especially because, like, even, like, Joseph Samael, the fucking manager, was in there. Like, dude, too much. But Savio Vega got the biggest pop of the night when he came out and cleared house with a fucking cane, only to be surpassed by Savio coming out as Quang the Ninja. <laughs> that was amazing. Savio coming out as Quang, whoever came out as Kimchi, that was fucking great. Just because you could, it's like, I don't know who it was. It was it was some skinny kid. And just with the mask and the little slapjack and just, just tossed. And the fucking... Blue Meanie got the got the Philly pop in which Shell was like, I can't fucking escape this dude. It was great seeing Blue Meanie getting eliminated by getting blue misted by Quang. That was fucking done. That was fucking good. Um what was it? Uh Quang blah 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 Meanie. Um who was the other? Oh, uh apparently neither of Los Parks were there, but we see La Parka come out. And it, I'm guessing it was a travel thing. Fucking LaParka comes out, and it's not LaParka. It was fucking Tom Lawler. They fucking yanked the hood off him. So I was like, LaParka looks kind of skinny. Nope, it was Tom Lawler trying to get an extra entry, which is fine. Um, King Mo almost fucking killed the kid. Are like, you shocked? The, like, he comes in and tries to flapjack this kid. and almost drops him, like, boom, on his fucking head the second he enters. I'm like, dude! Like, No. Again, are and, you shocked? Yeah. Who really impressed me that I got to see live who, like, I'm sorry, but Vince should have never let this kid go so early is fucking EJ Naduka, fucking the judge. Mm-hmm. That kid, that kid's got it. Like, size, look, speed, fucking work. Like, I, I haven't heard him talk. Like, that could be his only weakness. But, like... He was he, fucking, he, he looked strong in that shit. There were times where, like, you could see him and one of the Bond Erics just in the corner, like, waiting for the next spot. Just like you could, like, as a worker, you can tell when two workers are like, look at this shit. Yep. Yeah. We just got to wait. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Like, just having a good time. Uh, he was honestly my pick to win it, but that did not happen. Um, honestly, the, the results of Battle Riot have already hit the, have already hit the internet. And uh, Alexander, Alexander Hammerstone went over, who, he got a huge pop during his match earlier. Um, who the fuck did he work? Uh, who the fuck did he work? Someone from Contra. Um, 
It was someone from Contra. I don't remember. It was so hard because it ended up being him and like four members of Contra unit at the end of the fucking battle riot. Like the last two was him and Mads Kruger. And dude, it was like, he is fucking over as a son of a bitch. And he just like, I'm like, dude, like, let, lay off the gas. Cause Jesus, like, I was like, 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 I think I texted you. I was like, he reminds me of Jeep Swenson, which is a really old school callback for fucking eighties, eighties wrestling watchers. But my guess is because he's been national open weight champion for like two years and Fatu has been MLW champion that they're going to be doing a title unification on that shit. That's the only thing I can think of. Cause they've got, they've got a lot of belts in MLW cause they've got the, the heavyweight, the open weight, the light middleweight, uh, the fucking tag belts, the fucking, um, uh, did uh, fucking, uh, the Caribbean title, uh, something else. But yeah, they've just, uh, they, they need to consolidate their belts. Gino Medina is not Sammy Guevara. Just as Alex Kane is not powerhouse Hobbs. That's, how you can distinguish. Thank you. Which Casey Navarro is not Trey Miguel. <laughs> that was that was from Shell. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just like you could tell from looking at him and shit. But it's weird too. Like the dynamic, especially of the Philly crowd, was really weird because like Hammerstone and Richard Holiday are in the same stable. Mm-hmm. Hammerstone is over like a motherfucker. Holiday is just booed out of the building. Like he gets good heel heat. He's not bad. He's not a bad worker. I mean, he's a local Connecticut kid. Okay. But like, it's just amazing. Like the polar opposites, and they're in the same stable. <clears throat> okay. This actually leads me to an interesting question. Okay. Um, if you had your pick of the two right now, for who will? Who will have a more substantial rise in the business in the next five years? Holiday or MJF? In the next five years? Yes. MJF. Okay. How and the thing is like Holiday, like I know the kid. Um, not on a really, really personal level, but I've been at training sessions with them. I've, you know, worked, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've like worked promo classes with them and shit. Mm-hmm. Like the kid's a nice kid. He listens. He's in good shape. He finally got gear that looks good on him. Cause before, like he just kind of looked like generic indie guy. Like he, he looks like a worker now and there's definitely room for improvement in all honesty. Like, if AEW has any fucking brains, they should know that MJF and Holiday as a dynamic together work. True. Like either either together or f- opposing each other, either or. Okay. I'll, I'll wait the answer. Uh, all right. So before we get into anything specific to AEW or WWE, I did mm-hmm. want to touch on uh, one thing that uh, caught my eye. We have a Ring yes. of Honor World Champion. Yeah. Um, so, for those of you who were living under a rock over the past weekend, uh, Ring of Honor had their best in the world pay per view, mm-hmm. and we there was also, I believe, new tag team champions crowned as well. But the yep. main fact was that Roosh 
lost the World of Honor, no, well, World of Honor, Ring of oh. Honor World Title to Bandito. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that intrigued me a bit. Um, your thoughts on Bandito being a, the world champion, and uh, your thoughts on Ring of Honor in general, and how they did best in the world. I think it's a good clean slate for them now that they have fans back, and I think they really want to go in the right direction. Like Roosh had his time, and now they just mm-hmm. it's it's if there was ever a time to go in a new direction, this is it. And Bandito was already over enough. Yeah. Um, like so, this was the time. Th- this was the time to strike. Like especially because like how they just evenly transitioned him in with the with the survival of the fittest tournament, and then boom, right into the title match. Like that's how Money in the Bank should work is solid mid-card guy that is over that you give that opportunity to and bang. Like, that's the trajectory that needs to be done. Um, but, yeah, like, but, and, I, and I think it could open up a lot of possibilities for everything as long as they, you know, like, give Roosh his rematch or whatever, but uh, let LFI go off and feud with someone else. You know, let Bandito hold his own. Mm-hmm. And... The, I did mention the tag titles. Violence Unlimited, baby! Dickinson and... Homicide. Homicide? Yeah. So, again, very intriguing. I know Gresham retained against uh, Bennett. Mm-hmm. And that's about all I remember, honestly. Uh, Deppin dropped the TV title. Oh, who did Deppin face again? Oh, fuck, I don't remember. Might have been Lethal. So three title changes. I don't think I don't think the six man was on the line, and obviously the woman's title is vacated right now. So hmm. so three for three on title changes in one night. That's that's something that's something you don't say a whole lot about really pay per views anywhere is seeing yeah. a whole sweeping change of all titles yeah. that are being defended. The so. six man titles were on the line, but uh, Shane Taylor promotions uh, defended uh, that they, they retained against uh, Dalton, Dak Draper, and oh right, 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 right. I forgot yeah. Dalton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't. Much as I love Dalton, he's near dear friend of mine. That wasn't happening. So yeah. we we could just move on from that. All right. Um. Before we get all hot and angry, let's get into let's discuss some outside the ring WWE stuff. And one thing that caught my eye was Peacock pulled the plug on a couple of specials earlier this month. They pulled the plug on the debut of Lex Luger's Icons biography. And they also pulled the plug on Kevin Nash's appearance on the Broken Skull Sessions with mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Now from everything I've researched, there's no true rhyme or reason that's been given from either NBC Universal or from WWE as to why these specials got pulled. Um, now, when I say pulled, I don't mean they're never coming out. I just mean that their debuts have been delayed, essentially. From um, what I saw, from what I saw, they just want to pull them back for bigger nights. So, like, one of them will come on right after Money in the Bank, and the other one after SummerSlam. Which I can understand that, but to me, and you can say I'm just a, a stupid mark for saying this. <laughs> releasing Luger's on the Fourth of July weekend, given that Fourth of July was one of the biggest WWE moments of his career, wouldn't that 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 just made fucking sense? 
You see, it would. However, but. you need to realize that that was 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago. No, more than 20 years ago. Almost 30 like years almost ago. 30, yeah. So your current demographic doesn't make yeah doesn't make doesn't the connection. Care. I mean, granted, here's a funny story. Fuck um, kids. <laughs> fuck them kids. Here's a funny story. Was I think it was two years ago? Uh, our ring announcer Matt James was having uh he was having a Lex Luger uh, uh, USS Intrepid anniversary on Fourth of July weekend, and we happen to know somebody who knows some. What do you call it? We happen to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who worked on the stuff for the for the network at the time for like the the extra items content that like didn't fall into anything but like the hidden gems. Right. And talk to a person, talk to a person, talk to a person. And that year they just happened to get the bug in their ear to air the entire USS Intrepid thing that happened that day as the hidden gem on the network. Which if you try doing that to yourself, I mean, it, you're you're really, really depressed and not in the right frame of mind. Because um, I'm not going to lie, I, I was supremely bored one day. Not recently, but I do remember attempting to watch that whole thing. <laughs> the one bit of entertainment I did get out of it was... I can clearly tell Yoko made a bad decision taking off his sandals. Yeah. <laughs> and Fuji refused to let him put them back on as a rib. Yeah. He's like, motherfucker, you wrestle barefoot, you're going to stay barefoot this whole time. I there don't was, give a shit if, if that ring is 120 degrees. You are going to stay barefoot. I forget who it was. It was a kid that played basketball for UConn that had just gotten signed by the sh- by the Hornets, I think. I think it was Scott Burrell or someone. Like I forget because it's you know UConn basketball when I was younger. But I just remember he had just gotten signed to the NBA and he was there. And I remember he walked into the ring, just looked at Yoko and went, nah, and walked away. At my, I might have been Scott Burrell, now that you mention it. It was either Scott Burrell or Danielle Marshall. I no, it, it was it was Scott Burrell. Okay, <laughs> I would re- I would remember Danielle. Nah, it's Scott Burrell. Um, the randomness of the never mind. Well, let's just say this: if you want to see the most random assortment of sports celebrities, <laughs> look that up. Uh, July fourth, nineteen ninety three. By the way, I did the math in my head while you were talking about the Matthew James story. So literally, we're talking over twenty eight years ago. Yeah, the thirty year anniversary is two. So it was the twenty fifth. It was the twenty five year anniversary. That's twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um. Okay. Another thing WWE related I want to touch on. Uh voila. Uh two injuries that have one that shook things up immediately. The other is leaving shit in a bind for one of the WWE brands. Um, one thing that changed stuff immediately was Bailey. She got hurt during some training session. That was apparently mm-hmm. being run by Vince. Thank you, Vince. Good job. Well, it wasn't um, run by him, but it was like mandatory for everyone. Good, good job, Vince. Good way to injure one of your top stars on your Friday night brand. Good job. Um, 
So Bailey gets hurt. She's out at least nine months, according to WWE's timeline. So that leads to Carmella taking over her spot in the in well, not the her spot in Money in the Bank pay per view. They're moving the SmackDown title match to uh, tonight, tonight, as we are recording this on Friday, July the sixteenth. Um, so they moved that title match entirely out of the pay per view, put it on Friday Night SmackDown, where it's going to be Bianca and Carmella. And then they replace Carmella in the Money in the Bank match, which we'll touch on in a little bit when we go through WWE's uh, Week in Review. And uh, so that's that. The second one, and this is the one I think you and I were both a little more rocked by. Um, Walter, the, what, two-year-long United Kingdom heavyweight champion? 830 uh, days. 830 days. Okay. Oh. You would know that number off the top of your head. Uh, he suffers an injury that now is preventing him from facing um, Dragunov. So they've been saying there's going to be more details released down the road. Um, see, I'm a little skeptical. I, 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 I'm, I'm, inter I'm interested to see how this works out. What, what are your thoughts on it to start off? At first, I was like, oh, shit. And then more reading into it, I'm like, this just might be a work. Okay. Talk to me. What, what, why, why are you thinking this? Um, basically, uh, they want to hold off, off that match for like... A live NXT crowd. Take over in front of a live crowd. Okay. Um, either that or I'm not sure because like Walter's not going to the main roster. Walter already said he wants nothing to do with touring in America. Um, unless like they wanted this is gonna be the shitty way of them just stripping him of the fucking title, which would make which would be fucking terrible and make no sense. Because we've had plenty of champions in just the past five years that haven't competed in 30 days that have still been champion. So if they were to pull that bullshit with Walter, it would just like, it would lose so much morale and it would really be a blemish on the UK brand. Speaking of the UK brand. So Trent, oh, it's not Trent seven. Tyler beat, uh, beat Mark coffee two to one to retain the heritage cup on NXT UK this week. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying that I've had any signals making me think this, but I... can we eventually see Tyler Bates versus Trent Seven for the Heritage Cup? Oh yeah, guaranteed. Like that—that's the, the way Trent just... Seven. The way the way Tyler won it was defeating his protege. So the like the 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 right thing to do would be for Trent Seven for the protege to face the master again. Just right. Step up. Yeah, like that's. I don't know why I've had this feeling. Like it's not like, like I don't think Trent's really giving off any signals, from what I've seen. I just I don't know. It's one of those weird things where, as as a fan, you just get a gut feeling, but you don't know how to explain it. They've I, been teasing wanting to do bait versus seven ever since. They didn't win the tag titles in the mm. in the in the in the tournament to crown the first NXT UK tag champs. Right. Yeah. I, like again, I don't have any direct signals. I don't have any great reasoning, but that's just my thought process. Um. 
Let's see if there's anything else to... Oh, okay. This, this is something I want to um, mention real quick. And this is not going to get a banner. Um, I, I, need, I need to attack social media trolls for a second again. Okay. This is directly addressing Twitter. TikTok, I'm never going to have anything to say again because legitimately the day after I discussed TikTok on this show, I deleted the fucking app. So it's not on my Yay! phone anymore. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take it a bow. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Try the veal. Um, I understand that social media and the internet itself over the last 20 plus years has completely fucked up any consideration for kayfabe in the business. Let's just be blunt about that. Um, which has allowed fans to not only have more, a greater understanding of the inner workings of the business, but a greater understanding of the personal lives of these men and women who work in the business. Let me make something perfectly clear. If a person, male or female, makes a mistake in their personal life, that doesn't mean you have the right to take that mistake and blame their significant other for uh, that mistake. Yeah. Now, the reason I bring that up is because some assholes on Twitter, the keyboard warriors living in mommy's basement who probably have sicky stuff all over their face from watching too much, uh, watching too much man-on-man porn, okay? <laughs> they decided to attack Naomi for Jimmy Uso's DUI, blaming her for it happening and it causing so much disgust with her that she deleted her fucking Twitter account. So every one of you that live in your mommy's basements who watch too much men's DP porn, let me explain something to you. You're the motherfuckers who are ruining the business, not just for other fans who are responsible and respectful, but you're ruining the business for the people themselves that are working in it and putting their lives and their families on the line 365 days a year. So all of you, go fuck yourselves and have a nice day. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to add to that, JJ? Is that pretty much sum it up pr pretty well? That sums that up. But on the matter of social media, there's one thing I did want to bring up as an aside. Um, this is more of a local issue, um, as far as wrestling goes, Okay. but I just wanted to bring some light to it. And that is, um, Atticus Monroe, uh, the manager formerly known as Mr. Joseph Danucci. Yes. Um, he came out with a couple of statements this week, which, he which I did see myself as well. He spoke out about a lot of things, and I just want to say it took a lot of courage, and um, it sucks that he kept that bottle up for so long. And um, he's a good kid, and he deserves better from this business. And uh, it, I just want to make sure he's heard this time, because the last time he spoke out about someone... No one listened, and he even had fucking screenshots to prove that he wasn't lying, and people still told him he was lying. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I saw what he what was put out there. Yeah, 
Um, and it's the business is weird, man. Like I, I can't even. There's no. There's no real way for me to explain it other than saying the business is weird. Yeah. Um, I've always loved and appreciated his work. I know you have. You've booked him multiple times yourself. Um, and the stuff he was doing a few years ago, you know, to me was like, how should I put this? It was like taking, um, it was essentially taking what Marshall McNeil had done and giving it more modern day edge, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yep. And that's why I, I was attracted to the char- to his character all the time. Um, so it's a goddamn shame that the business, if I could a phrase, I guess you could say disappointed and jaded him. Yeah. Would be the best way to put it. Yeah. And, um, I hope for the best. I hope that, you know, this can eventually be not necessarily water on the, the bridge between him and those at fault here, but between water on the bridge between him and the business in general. And right. that willing to, willing to give it another shot with the right people in the right frame of mind. Right. The best way to put it. Right. I told him, I, I told him numerous times. I'm like, if you, if I was, I was just like, if you want to just avoid the business from here on out, I completely understand. If you ever want to come back, my door is always open. Damn right. Damn right. And my commentary table is always open. Cause I think he'd be really good at commentary eventually too. Yeah. That's a good possibility. See, we're thinking, we're thinking. All right. Let's get into it. We've been avoiding it long enough. All right. <laughs> Our new regular segment, AEWTF. Let me see if I have anything on my list here before we get into what you said. I mean, it's not AEW related, but I'll throw it out there. Uh, Maria Canellis Bennett Canellis. I don't know what the fuck her name is anymore. Uh, say nobody wants to work for WWE. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the stupidity of the statement speaks for itself, and I don't really need to say anything, um, considering it's a a company that has assets amounting to almost two billion dollars. But that's okay, um, dude. The whole thing with her is just she is so fucking bitter, and it's like, what the fuck do you have to be bitter about? They brought you back. They signed your husband, who yes, he he has a modicum of talent, but I guarantee. Part of him getting signed was the fact that you were married to him. They bring both of you in. Right off the bat, he admits he has a drug problem. WWE pays for his rehab. The moment he comes back, you get fucking knocked up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not now I'm not going to begrudge people for wanting to have a family. But, but. like, you have a fuck, you get knocked up. They try to work it into the fucking storyline. You go and you have the kid. The second you're ready to come back, you get fucking knocked up again. Like, that's just recklessness. So, you want to sit there and go, no, uh, bitch, you got to fucking sit home for the majority of three fucking years and get paid. Your husband got paid. They paid for his rehab and he got paid. 
Don't give me that shit about no one wants to work for WWE. And can we just rewind even further back and just be honest? Who the fuck is Maria Canellis without WWE getting her her Playboy cover? Exactly! So, yeah. That sums up everything, ladies and gentlemen, right there. All right, so let's get into... I know there's three specific things you mentioned about AEW. Um, number one, I know you mentioned you want to talk about how uh, the, the, the gloating going on that AEW broke the million viewers mark this past week on Dynamite. Um, would you like to take it from here, sir? Yes. Okay, so yes. Fighter Fest Night 1 drew 1.025 million viewers. Congratulations. Number one, as I mentioned last week or the week before, remember that whole, oh, NXT can't draw people unless they make it a special event. And then if you look at the calendar, literally every AEW Dynamite in July is a special event. So, hi. Maybe if you didn't pull that bullshit. Number two, AEW drew 1.025 million. Monday Night Raw in its lowest rated night ever drew which was uh, last week drew 1.475 million so AEW on their best day still cannot touch monday night raw on its worst day and here we are every time AEW draws a million people which has been four times maybe five in two years the fucking marks on fucking line act like fucking Tony Khan fucking cured AIDS. But every other week where they do shit numbers, we hear, well, no one really counts ratings. Ratings don't matter in this day and age. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, I mean, I... And this I've, leads into my other statement about the 50 years or whatever. Oh, please go into that because that was the second thing I was going to bring up. So the other argument that fucking people online are giving is WWE has been around for 50, 60, 70 years or whatever, and these are the numbers they're drawing. AEW has only been around for two years, and they're nipping at their heels. That shows AEW is doing something right. No, no, it fucking doesn't because judging by – that fucking comparison of you should have so many more because you've been on so long. That would mean that the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon should be drawing 80 million people a fucking night. Not only that, but that would mean that if you want to talk it in wrestling forms, because if you're going to say I'm apples and oranges, if you want to talk of wrestling impact ROH and MLW have all been around for almost 20 years mm -hmm. and they all have TV deals. By that judgment, they should be doing AEW numbers or WWE numbers by now. It's not the way it is. The wrestling business, televised professional wrestling as a whole, is a diminished business right now. It's been said by it's been said by Eric Bischoff, it's been said by Jim Cornette, it's been said by Bruce Pritchard, it's been said by every fucking person who has a fucking podcast. It's not like it was during the Attitude Era. There are way more choices now of things to watch, and wrestling is not the most popular fucking thing. Wrestling has taken its blows over the fucking years. Go ahead. 
Um, can I also mention what's erupted over the last 20 years since the Attitude Era ended? MMA? No, no. It was kind of oh. to go along the lines of what you were just saying. Three words. Reality TV shows. Yeah, exactly. Like, reality TV didn't exist in the Attitude Era, hence why they were able to get away with so much shit and draw right. so many viewers. Now you've got, and this is just one channel I'm bringing up, Big Brother, Amazing Race, Survivor, Love Island, and that's just CBS. Yeah. Don't forget ABC with Bachelor and and you got fucking American Idol on Fox and The Voice on NBC and all kinds Even of shit. fucking USA bringing back goddamn Temptation Island. No one wanted that shit again. So, like, the, the, the things have evolved in the TV business over the last 20 to 25 years. So, yeah, I mean, oh, let's, be honest with ourselves. let's be honest with ourselves. The wrestling business is in general is very much a peaks and valleys kind of business, all right? Yes. And, you know, uh, the, 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 the crazy part is people are hard to accept the valleys and don't properly appreciate the peaks. Right. So it's, it's like, motherfuckers, it is what it is right now. Live with it. It's okay. Just stay with it. And by, like I mentioned a few weeks back when we were talking about possible sale and how, like, what it would do and how it's, like, it reminds me of where Marvel was at before Disney bought them. They were in, they were in a major valley. Like, no one was, like, Marvel movies weren't a thing. Like, you got one every once in a while that was an offshoot. But, no, you know, besides Spider-Man, no one was doing shit. Then Disney came along and created the MCU, and all of a sudden, boom, it's the biggest thing on the fucking planet. Peaks and valleys. Exactly. Um, and the thing is, that's not just a wrestling thing. I mean, he gave Marvel an example. I'll give you another example. And this is, I don't know how well-educated you are about this stuff. Sports cards. Yes. For the last few years, sports cards have been spiking up in prices. But let me tell you, the last six months, partially because of COVID, but the last six months, card prices have started to dip down again. Why? Because there's less demand now than there was two, three years ago before we had a fucking worldwide pandemic. Right. Right. That's why you're seeing the price of Jordan rookie cards going from 600k back down to like 200k. All right, peaks and valleys. The sports card business is like that. Wrestling business is like that. Uh, fucking, I mean, basically any kind of business that isn't like a consistently demanded brand day in and day out is gonna be peaks and valleys. There's no, there's no such thing as reaching. Reaching a high and then basically plateauing and staying at that high. It really exists in any kind of business. Sorry, I love making. I love. I love. I love dogs and, and imitating them. Oh man. Um, but yeah, like people. I mean, you need to get off your high horse. Just let it be. And just just enjoy what you have. Right. There's no there's no need to try and make. Uh, it's funny because it seems like you would think that. All right, let me let me rewind. 
in the 80s and the 70s, there was some serious dislike, we'll say, between NWA and WWF back in the day. Yeah. Okay. And even in the early 90s. But then all of a sudden, once, once these workers started recognizing they're all in the same they're all in the same business. They're all going through the same shit together. All of a sudden, you have all these guys being friends to the point where now, like, you see, and I know you don't like this person, but it's just a freaking example pop my head. You have Kenny Omega and the Bucks doing video game stuff at conventions with the New Day. All right? It, like, these guys, it's like things reversed. Like, the fans were all happy-go-lucky, you know. Oh, great. More business is more good stuff for us. And the workers hate each other. Now in 2021, the workers all get along and can, you know, between the different companies. But all the fans are extremely divisive. It's like, motherfuckers. Just, uh, whatever. Anyways, I'm done with that. Um, Darby. You want to mention something about Darby and how he, uh, about his uh, coffin match with Ethan Page. Yeah, I fucking, like, I turned on the last 10 minutes of fucking Fighter Fest because, like, I was, my phone was getting blown up by people watching it. And I was like, I'm not watching this. I'm not watching this. Stop giving me a play by play. I don't fucking care. I'm not even home. Stop. Stop. And that stop. was not me. That was no, not it me. Wasn't. By the it way. wasn't you. No, it wasn't you. Fucking. So I turned this shit on. And number one, if I hear Jim Ross one more time saying the first ever coffin match. Okay, first ever coffin match in AEW? Yes. First ever coffin match? No. That would be Dusty and Nikita Koloff. Yeah, he was leaving out that very important phrase. Right. Um, like I noticed, like Excalibur would say in AEW, but JR was. Yeah. yeah. And that's it's, like, the and the thing is, like, this whole feud culminated in another company. Like, it's literally AEW going, we don't know what to do. And fucking building off of something that was featured on an episode of the wrestlers. Like that's the only reason, like they know Darby and Ethan can work each other because they've done it before. Mm -hmm. Like that's all. And like the opener, like they did the hot start where Darby was wearing a fucking coat or whatever and gives him a coffin drop right from the beginning and takes off his coat and is wearing a metal plate that's braced to his back. Like, it looked like fucking tinfoil. But then he takes it off. I'm like, if you're going to do the coffin drop again, why don't you just keep that shit on? Why don't you be like D'Lo Brown with a chest protector? Why are you going to take that off? That was your opening spot. And then they do the whole shit, and fucking what, Scorpio Sky was hiding in the coffin, and then Sting, like, lumbers out and follows him away. And then he wins... It's like the baby face wins. Dude's in the coffin, and Darby positions him over and gets up and decides to do a coffin drop off of the fucking top rope down through the coffin on the floor, which just showed that the coffin was made out of particle board because the, the top just fucking splintered into nothingness. But I'm like, dude, number one, you're the baby face. You don't need to do that. You already won the match. Number two, that's fucking stupid. Number three, that's fucking unsafe. 
for both you and the guy in the fucking coffin. Like, fuck Darby Allen. Seriously, fuck Darby Allen. And fuck his wife, not Tony Storm. I thought he was divorced. Oh, is he now? I don't know. Then his ex-wife is not Tony Storm on fucking NXT. Priscilla Kelly. Well, now she's Gigi Dolan on NXT. Yeah, not Tony Storm. But they are split. They were split as of last year. Oh, okay. So they got the money from the reality show and then said, fuck it. Yeah. Stop hiring reality wrestlers. Reality stars to become wrestlers. <laughs> There's only one that really worked. Miz, baby! And he was actually working indies when he was doing that shit. So Correct. Correct. That's correct. Uh, let's see. Do I have anything else? Do I have anything else? Oh! Shitty-ass video game. Yes, go ahead. Dude, but they mentioned they just spent what like they're actually in the red because they got the money from TNT and invested more than that into their video game division. And then they just released their first game and it's a fucking mobile app and it looks exactly like the fucking Chikara game that was a ripoff of WWE Champions, which was a free fucking app, and it's basically just a ripoff of Bejeweled. <laughs> like this is what you spent forty million dollars on. Uh, uh, if you really want to look it up, it's called, I believe, Elite GM. Is there, I believe it's called? Yeah. Go, go look it up. Yeah. Um, if you and really I, feel like it. And getting back to the whole million viewers, blah, blah, blah thing, like, y'all motherfuckers don't realize that WCW was beating WWE in the ratings for two years, and in the end, it didn't fucking matter because they ended up dying out. These motherfuckers aren't even fucking getting, sniffing the fucking throne. And these people are acting like they're going to put Vince out of business. All right. I think that's enough to AEW for one day. Oh, by the way, just to prove that I was not the one trying to give play-by-play -play of Fighter Fest Night 1 to JJ, I only watched one match, and it was the opening match because I deemed, I deemed it to be the only match worth watching on the show which was Moxley versus Carl Anderson for the IWGP US title. Which, by the way, you you said, you mentioned something before we went on the air about uh, how you think AEW is going to be in hot shit with New Japan. Mark my words, these title matches that they're throwing out aren't being approved by New Japan. They're just fucking doing them. Because they're like, oh, well, as long as Moxley doesn't fucking doesn't drop the belt, it doesn't matter. And they're only having them work people that have worked New Japan. That's right. why they're Carl Anderson. That's why they're doing Lance Archer. Because they think it's safe. They're going to end up hamstringing themselves because New Japan's going to get fucking pissed at this shit. Because New Japan's going to be like, yo, we have a dojo in America. We want to push this title on our dojo show. And here you are just pulling this shit out on your show without our permission. Yeppers, welcome to AEW. Hi, we fuck shit up. All right, let's get into the week of review for WWE, beginning with um, just to kind of gloss over it. Last Friday, SmackDown, 
Um, so we saw Seth Rollins and uh, King Nakamura, as he's now being called. Um, those two win their Money in the Bank qualifiers. Um, so I alluded to this earlier um, with the Bailey injury. So they moved the women's SmackDown title match off the Money in the Bank pay-per-view this weekend to SmackDown tonight as again. As I mentioned, we are recording this on Friday, the 16th of July. Um, and named the opponent for Bianca Belair to beat Carmella, which then means she's out of the Money in the Bank ladder match this Sunday. Um, Liv Morgan came up pissing and moaning, and Sonya said, shut the fuck up. You're the replacement. That's essentially what happened there. Um, and then can we just talk most- about how... Can we just talk about how the women's money in the bank match on the SmackDown side literally had zero qualifying matches? Yeah, it was literally just uh, here, just Sonya naming the the uh, participants. And well, not, for the last year, it wasn't even Sonya. It was Sonya just and Twitter. Yeah, it was just Twitter. Oh, and Facebook the Twitter here. account. I hear Natty and Tamina and Cuz. Yeah, fuck it. It's it's kind of like the guys in creative role just too drunk to care and they're like, oh fuck it, oh, let's just stick the tag champions in there and call it a day. We're gonna put girls in there because reasons. (laughs) Basically, Um, and then most of the rest of the show was about Roman and the Usos and essentially setting up what's gonna be, I believe. Tonight's SmackDown main event, which is a six-man tag, yes. Edge and the Mysterios against Roman and the Usos. Um, I can't wait thing, to hear those boos. One one quick game. thing I want to I want to mention. Okay, one quick thing I want to mention. Uh, Natalya and Tamina lost a non-title match against a new tag team, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. But 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 okay. And they also announced Tony in a vignette. They announced Tony Storm coming to SmackDown soon. But the, there's something specific there I want to get to. If uh, I know that it's Vince and it's not Triple H when you're transitioning from NXT to the main brands, but why does Vince constantly insist on fucking with their names? Like, honestly, Knox sounds fucking stupid. Unless you're bringing in Mike Knox, you want to call him just Knox. Like, that. They okay, had an I, impact. They called him Knox. I, like, I could. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I could I could live with that. But calling Tegan Knox just Knox just sounds fucking stupid. Like ugh, I can't no. tell you how much some of these name shortenings irritate me. Like like I understood Biggie Langston going to just Big E, because nobody really gave a fuck about him being Langston. All right, let's just be clear on that. Big E is Big E, that's what everyone called him. Nobody really called him Big E Langston, they just call him Big E. I understood that. Fuck's sake, like, whatever. Maybe I'm just overreacting, but, like, some of these name shortenings just, yeah, they're no, just dumb. They're done for no reason. It's because Vince thinks that every fan that he has has goldfish brain. So he tries to simplify it. I don't really care about that. I'm pissed at the fact that it's apparently, yeah, it's Tegan Knox. Apparently, Vince didn't pay attention to the fact that, oh, well, We've had her sign for this many years. We should bring her up. Yeah, and she's been injured 75% of that fucking time. She's terrible. She's she's fucking, she's the female Kevin Nash. She's going to blow out her knee in three fucking weeks, which I thought that was stupid until I saw what the fuck happened was announced on social media yesterday about the other trade. Huh? 
Oh yeah, there was a trade. This is why I got forked at a baseball doubleheader yesterday. Please, please, please uh, inform me. Mandy Rose has been traded to NXT. Oh right, well Mandy Rose was on NXT this week, so I mean she's been traded. She was officially traded for though. Yes. You know who they traded for her? Aaliyah. So that kills the entire base of the fucking storyline they just created. Not only that, but you're bringing a girl to the main roster that has literally been in training since Dusty was still alive. Who has been that fucking terrible. True. Who could she, not she, get over no matter what. Yeah. The only reason she got over earlier this week on NXT is because she smacked the shit out of Robert Stone. Yeah, that was to split her from them and to put uh, fucking Robert Stone and uh, and Queen Kamehameha with fucking um, Queen with, Kamehameha. With, with fucking Frankie Monet. Which then puts them with Mandy Rose? No, Mandy Rose is going to be on her own. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay. So everything that just happened on NXT this past week basically doesn't mean a fucking thing. Basically. Storyline-wise. Because yeah. story-wise, you would think it makes sense that now, okay, Mandy Rose is coming in to be with Frankie and Jesse Kamea. But no, no. We're just going to have that be like a one-off for no fucking reason, and she's just going to do her own thing. No, it's a one. Yeah, it's a one-off for Mandy Rose to be like, I'm here, look at me. And in the meantime, Frankie Monet, because they set it up the week before, was I am going to take over the Robert Stone brand and fucking actually get people wins. So but basically, wait, say the Trish Stratus lookalike Halloween contest that she pulled off on NXT. Yeah. You, you like you you saw the comparison, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I mean, it's just like so you just split up Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, so you never finished that fucking storyline with them having a tag. Not that I wanted to see it, but well, you yeah, completely true. mixed that tag title match they had with fucking Natty and Tamina. You completely nixed. Not that I wanted to see it, but you completely nixed Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae. Like, <laughs> like why? Oh. The, why the yeah, fuck didn't but... they bring up Shotzi and Ember? I don't fucking get it. Like is Vince I don't know like, what was really wrong there. I thought Shotzi and Ember were a really good. Were they were very they good tag team together. Well, and they were over as fuck. And they had chemistry, which is something that lacks right. in the women's tag team division. Um, there is actually one other thing I thought about from SmackDown that I want to bring up. Did you actually watch Bell the Bell the Rollins Cesaro match? I, I was I, I tried to I I didn't catch like so did you see the spot where Cesaro got slingshot into the the open, the exposed yeah. turnbuckle yes now whenever I I can tell a spot like that is coming and I'm anticipating yeah. um I'm anticipating the the uh, the work of the juice I'm always looking for the split second where. You know what I'm talking about. Where the game. Right. I couldn't find it. No, because it didn't happen there. They did that, and then Seth gave him the DDT on the ramp, and then while the camera was off, it was a packet. Oh, okay. See, I thought he hard weighed on the turnbuckle for a second. Packet. Okay. Okay. You can tell it was a packet because the red was too bright. Okay. See, I... Well... Yeah, which is why I didn't like 
that's why I wasn't a hundred percent sure because I was like, eh, maybe. Eh, like, uh, I was kind of fifty-fifty on it, and I just here wanted was, to ask you about it. Here was the given: the red was too bright, it was splayed too much. The ref did not put on gloves. I did notice that. Uh, what was what was it? I don't think it was Charles. Was it Charles? It might have been Charles. I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was Charles. Yeah, that made that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a pack. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, all right, so I wrapped up SmackDown Raw, the go home Raw for Money in the Bank, which was pre-taped, by the way. Yes, and is the last official show that was done live or taped in the Thunderdome. Oh God, <laughs> fucking! How many people I saw bitched? Why didn't they give a ten bell to Paul Orndorff? I'm like, cause it was pre-recorded, you dumb fucks. Yeah, people don't pay attention. We know this already. Um, Woods wins the non-title match against Lashley or LSD, I should say. Um, Trashley. Can we just end this Eva Marie Piper shit already? Oh, God, I wish. The playground wasn't even worth... The playground wasn't even worth talking about. Ginger and Drew had their old thing where I took your sword, but it wasn't the real sword, and now I'm going to ruin your bike, which is the real bike. Whatever. Dude, you know what's really fucked up? That was to sell a fucking toy. I'm assuming you're talking about the sword. No, the fucking motorcycle. The motorcycle's a toy? One second. I will fucking pull up this image. What are we doing? This is literally to sell a fucking toy. So you're saying it was an advertisement in disguise? Basically. Let me pull. Come on, come on, come on. Where are you? Where are you? Come on, come on. Fucking load, fucker. So there's a toy version of this motorcycle that they were selling? It is a toy motorcycle. Ginger ride it? It's a it's a toy motorcycle that comes with a Drew figure that you could that 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 you can smash. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Oh man, I they think of some random weird shit, man. I don't even know where to go with that. Well, while you're looking that up, um, Nikki Ash wins the four way. Found it. Reckon slam cycle. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Okay. <sighs> Lovely. It was to sell um, a fucking toy. Great. Uh, Nikki Ash wins the four-way against Oscar Naomi Alexa. Uh, the Raiders and Styles and Omos split a series of singles matches. Sheamus are basically Daniel Bryan's Umberto. Um... If you don't get what I mean by that, go watch. I think it was WrestleMania. Well, he did attack him before. Seven. Was it 27, 28? Yeah. Whatever match had the 10 second WWE match that Sheamus basically broke kick Daniel and got the one, two, three right away. That People whatever the remember rest, it though. Whatever WrestleMania that was, go. Well, I mean, come on. It's hard to forget that. Right, I mean, the, Daniel the, comes the, out, kisses AJ Lee on the apron, bell rings, broke kick pin. This is the whole thing that I love giving this argument to Marks because it pisses them off so much, is people keep bitching about blah, 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 and Daniel Bryan got buried. I'm like, you remember it happening, though, don't you? Yeah, that's called the WrestleMania. But it didn't bury him. 
because he was no because he the, was the, he the he thing, was hated beyond belief when he broke up with AJ the next episode of SmackDown. Right, but the thing was, people were like he deserved a longer match. Blah blah blah. They had a longer match on the following pay per view. Does anyone right. remember that match? No. You know what they remember? Eight seconds at WrestleMania. That's what they remember. WrestleMania moments. That's what Vince does. Well, true. Yes. But yeah, but Uh, anyways, so yeah, fucking, so yeah, so they have Sheamus go from the guy that injured him to the guy that injured Miz. Real smart. Oh, right, because they, um, Priest came out to make sure Creo didn't get messed up even more. Damian right. Priest came out and went, I'm tall and I speak Spanish. That's all his gimmick. Which means you, which means you saw your next U.S. champion, by the way. No, Eddie. not happening. Not happening. You never know. Not happening. Uh-huh. He hurt Miz. He's never getting a fucking belt. Uh, Ricochet beat Morrison in a false count anywhere match. That was a decent match. It's Ricochet and Morrison. It's hard for them to have a bad match, to be honest. Uh, Rhea beats Natalia non-title match. Basically, we're going to shit on the women's tag team champions is what the creative has decided to do. Um, another VIP lounge where it kind of looks like Lashley might be done with MVP, might not. Who the fuck No, knows? he's not done with MVP. He just wants to go back to being a beast, and it's not going to matter. Because right. you're going to go through Kofi, and then you're going to have to drop the title of Goldberg. Which we're going to get to <laughs> in a few minutes. Um... Then, real quick, NXT, we had Dakota beat Ember Moon in the opening match, and then Xia came out and challenged Raquel for a title match. Who cares? I do, because I like Xia but after she hurt Mercedes, like, what the fuck? This is a new thing? You injure someone and you get a title shot? Damian Priest, Xia <laughs> You're noticing the trend. Good job. Um... <laughs> Bobby Fish gets jobbed out to Tyler Rust from the Diamond Mine. But then Kushida prevents him getting beat up by the Diamond Mine, so now it's setting up a tag match uh, against Strong and Rust. Yep. Uh, Gigi, who you were just mentioning a moment ago, lost to Sarai. Correct. Um, Which I had to do a double take on because I knew I knew who she was. I couldn't remember who she was, though, because of the new name. Um... Santos Escobar beats Dexter Loomis, uh, and then Indy Hartwell tries to kiss Dexter, and Candace pushes her off. Can we just? Never mind. I want Index. I'm sorry. I'm a sob. Um, it's it's. I, I mean, it's getting over, so that's cool. And I mean, like Santos going over Dexter doesn't hurt Dexter. Over Dexter's going to be over no matter what. Right. Um, Duke Hudson beat Jiro in the uh, first. Breakout tournament quarterfinal match, which that was decent. Yeah, it yeah, it was decent. Uh, you know, it was decent. Uh, Casey and Candy to Lee and Kamea, which we already kind of referred to earlier. Colin uh, Bronson Reed had a segment that I guess basically set up yeah. a match between them eventually, which yeah, I'm not a fan of. And it'll then, be Bronson Reed's go away. It'd <laughs> be like I'm gonna work be, Adam Cole, and then I'm, be, gonna go to, yeah. I'm gonna go up to Raw, and Adam Cole is still gonna be down here. Yeah, it could be. And then Cross successfully defends his title against Gargano and then decides, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to choke out Samoa Joe after the match. I'm amazed. Um, I was smelling screw job, but it didn't happen. But it did, I feel it like did not. However, I feel like this might be like other way of screw job. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled some bullshit where Cross comes out on Wednesday and 
Joe was like, you put your hands on an official, you're stripped of the title. Don't like it. Don't like it. And then it. Cross quits and shows up on Raw. Don't like it. That's I don't not like it no. either. But the that's, not a good way to, is, that's not a good way to change your belt. No, it's not a good way. But the problem is they painted themselves into a corner where Cross is undefeated. And he's beaten every person they put in. They, they haven't built up any contenders. Only And Joe is hurt. Joe is not going to work him. No matter how much they need to stop doing on NXTs, they need to stop teasing all these possible Samoa Joe feuds where he gets in the face of Pete Dunne, gets in the face of Adam Cole, gets in the face of... He's concussed like a motherfucker. He's not working again. You will sooner get fucking William Regal back in that fucking ring than you will Samoa Joe. Which I may or may not have mentioned as a dream match for me, but that's okay. Um... But I mean, and, and this is the problem. And it's the problem, like it's the it's the corner they painted themselves in with Keith Lee. They put fucking they put up the belt, and I mentioned this last week. They put the belt on Keith Lee. They had to vacate the Northeast or North American, and then literally in his first defense, they had him job to carry and cross. And then fucking like, and so like literally, Cross is like he's undefeated, just like with Asuka. You built a monster up. Where you like, if he was gonna get, if he was gonna lose, it would have been either in that multi man or it would have been in a three guy. You can't just, the only way to fucking get him to the main roster now is to strip him of the title, unfortunately. So you're saying they paint themselves in the corner, kind of like putting a belt on Christian Frost. I, I had to drop an indie reference. I'm sorry. I had to. Fuck. Um, Seriously. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 I think uh, I'm, I'm funny. I'm a funny guy sometimes. I really am. Um, <clears throat> all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> have, I, have I ruined the show for you by mentioning that name? That fucking mark literally went everywhere with that fucking belt. Posting selfies everywhere of him with that fucking belt. Like it was real. Showing up at shows he's not booked on, sitting in the crowd with that fucking belt. Was he also doing like, like cell phone promos while driving in his car with the belt on him or some shit like that? Yes, yes. And I then shows up that. at CWE with the fucking belt. Because that's smart. That's fucking smart. That was the last straw. That was when Eric was like, fuck it, we're done using you. Man, oh man. All right. Let's get into it. Money in the bank. Um, Where should we start? Let's go into... Let's go into the two tag team title matches. And yes, I say two because um, there was a new one added earlier today before we started recording this. Again, recording this Friday, July 16th. Um, the one just announced was the Mysterios will defend the SmackDown tag team titles against the Usos. Um, I know what we're both hoping. Do you think we actually get what we're hoping? Oh, yeah. We're going with Usos. We're getting Samoan Empire. 
Okay. All right. Uh, then let's move on to the Raw Tag Titles, which is AJ, Styles, and Omos. They'll defend against the Viking Raiders. Um, I'm 50-50 on this one. I'm, I'm kind of thinking they stick with AJ and Omos, but I'm not completely sold. No, they, 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 um, the, the Omos experiment has ended. They've realized that he is more clunky in the ring than El Gigante. And, uh, that's quite clunky. Like, dude, like, watch him, watch him fucking shoot off the rope. He does it like El Gigante did. Like, he is fucking clumsy. Like, I'm pretty sure that experiment is done and they want to get tag team back to tag team and, Fucking, fucking get have AJ available for if they want to trade him back to fucking SmackDown again. Oh, I feel bad for the wrestling version of Taco Fall. Um, Matumbo will be just fine. He's still getting paid. No, 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 no. Um, if you've never seen the Geico commercial with Dikembe and Matumbo, not today. Up. Not today, my friend. Um. What else we got here? Uh, Raw Women's Title Match. Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Uh, I see Rhea finally going over clean. I think we're just leading to Rhea... We're leading to one of two things. We're either leading to Rhea... And Charlotte having a match at SummerSlam. Or we're leading to Rhea defending at SummerSlam against somebody else. It's somebody that we haven't seen in a while. That's apparently going to be... What's up? Yeah. The rumor has it that Becky's going to be at the show on Sunday. Um... So Rhea Becky would be it would be option B at this point, but I think honestly they're gonna I think they stick with the Rhea Charlotte thing at least through SummerSlam and then go from there. That's my thought. Um, then we have the two heavyweight title matches. Uh, first we have the WWE title, Kofi challenging Lashley, um, which brings us to what you were referring to earlier. Uh, LSD is it's. Our, our assumption would be that there's a 95% chance he retains because the rumor mill is saying that we're looking at a potential Lashley-Goldberg match at SummerSlam. Yay! Because everybody <laughs> wants to see a 45-year-old wrestle a 55-year-old. Yay! But you know what's funny? People act like Lashley and Brock would be this technical classic. It would be just as bad as Lashley and Goldberg. Just saying. Except, I think there's less likelihood to get hurt. Like when I say hurt, I mean like Brock doesn't really do anything that could potentially paralyze you, like Goldberg almost did to the Undertaker a few years ago. Bullshit! Fucking dude, Brock does not give a fuck with those German suplexes. Well, I mean, look. Here's the thing, though, Lashley. Physique-wise, is more built in the trapezius area, and he's more—he's got—he's got more muscles than I've got than I can name muscles. Okay, he—he he has more protection around that neck and shoulder area than most guys would have going against Brock. 
So that's that's why I eliminate the Brock idea of the German suplexes. Goldberg has a move where if he's fucked up enough, he can potentially drop you on your head on accident and fuck you up permanently. Yeah. Fucking Goldberg Undertaker. I can't believe they actually tried that match a few years ago. Fuck my life. Uh, Saudi blood money, baby. I know. Uh, the other t- uh, heavyweight title match, uh, Roman and Edge. <sighs> I, I say I, I am. I have zero opinion about this until I see SmackDown tonight. Because yeah. everything, everything so far has been pointing Edge, 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 which usually means the champ retains at the pay- the pay per view. Uh-huh. If they continue with the Edge, 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 Edge push. Then I agree with you, Samoan Empire gets crowned on Sunday with the Usos and Roman. If they give Roman and Usos an upper edge, then I'm a lot more 50-50 like I am right now about this title match. I still think Roman in the end. And maybe they push this rivalry also towards SummerSlam so they get a bigger payoff. But... I mean, word out of everywhere is John Cena's coming back. Fuck John Cena. There, I said it. <laughs> Listen. John. I'm talking to you. I know you're I know you're in either LA or West Newbury. I know you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Google Play, wherever you like listening to your podcasts. So John. I want you to get real nice and close to your speaker or headphones for this one. Just retire. Go in the Hall of Fame. Continue making your money doing Suicide Squad movies and Fast 10, 11, 12, 2000 movies and fuck off. <laughs> nobody. How you really feel. Nobody should surpass. The Nature Boy. Suck a, dick. Suck a dick. Goodbye. Nobody should get 17. Nobody. Cena agrees with that. So fuck off. And Vince. 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 Stop trying to force it. Stop trying to tease it. Fuck off. God. All right, now we get to the you know, two most. I had the same mentality years ago. <laughs> now, now we get to the two most intriguing matches of the evening because they involve the most participants, and there's a lot of options to go with. Uh, let's start with the women's Money in the Bank match because I feel like it's a lot less appealing to John Q fan than the men's match. Yeah, the women's match we have on the Raw side: Oscar, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash. On the SmackDown side, we have Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, and your women's tag champs, Natalia and Tamina. Uh, Not enough. I want to say... uh, I'm trying to think. Didn't Oscar already win Money in the Bank at one point? Yeah, last year. I'm thinking Alexa or Nikki. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Alexa. I'm thinking Alexa just because the character. I mean, need I say more? 
And the reason I'm saying Nikki is because, which goes against the mentality I just mentioned about the Roman Edge match. Um, and the reason I'm going opposite that mentality here is because they tend to be less creatively inclined when it comes to booking the women. Um, yeah. They've just shoved Nikki in front of us for six weeks. And I almost feel like they're kind of doing that. The problem being, how legitimate do you take her on a brand which will have Charlotte, Rhea, when she comes back, Becky, Asuka? That's the one problem I have. Even Alexa, like, that's the one problem I have. So, as much as I think Nikki would be the feel-good story, I agree with you. I think it's Alexa. So. I think Alexa, uh, I think they're going to pull some shit where, like, instead of her carrying on the briefcase, it'll be like a lunchbox. Oh, for God's sake. I'm serious. That would be some but, interesting trickery to use with the, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how the hell you do that, but we'll see. Oh, you mean after the match turned into a lunchbox? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah, you I'm know, like how like Punk and RVD had the airbrush fucking cases and shit. Right, 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 Instead right, right, of carrying around the suitcase, it'll be a fucking lunchbox. I was about to say, how the fuck would you do that mid match? But anyways, um, <laughs> or um, Wait a minute. hey, they've done more hokey shit in recent years. Wait Who knows? Minute, do. Hey, um. Didn't Damien Sandow have like a gold briefcase too? Probably. I think he had, when he won the bank, he, like, he had a gold brief. Yeah, well, that's because Cody Rhodes stole it at one point and threw it in the fucking river. Yeah. Wow. I just brought up a WWE Cody Rhodes moment. Somebody throw me through a wall. Um, all right. Uh, the other Money in the Bank match, the men's side. On Raw, we have representing Ricochet, Morrison, Riddle, and Drew. The men's side for SmackDown, Big E, KO, King Nakamura, Seth Rollins. Um, I'm going to go out and say it right now. And I've been saying this for weeks, but I've, I've got an added... I have an additional thought process to this match. I've been saying for weeks Big E's going to win it. As soon as I saw he was in a qualifying match, I've been saying Big E winning. Okay? Here's my thought process. Big E wins, eventually gets sent to Raw, reunites with the New Day to be the savior for them to finally get over on Lashley and bring the belt home to New Day. Well, the thing is, the, other the, money, side of, the thing is, with the money in the bank, he doesn't even need to get traded. He can just right. fucking throw up. Yeah. And here's, here's the other side of it, though. I think, and you can call me... Psycho for thinking this. I think we already know the guy that, barring anything weird happening, I think we already know the guy that's going to take the belt off Roman. You can go ahead and guess. True. No. I'll give you a hint. He's already on SmackDown. Okay, here's my thought process. 
I think there's going to be fuckery in this Money in the Bank ladder match. Okay. I think Cesaro fucks over Seth. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I think we get a final blow off at SummerSlam because I think they'll do something stupid with Roman. Like it'll probably be Roman Edge 2 or Roman and I don't know. They'll do something with Roman and Edge, I think, at SummerSlam. So to keep that going, I think you're going to have a final blow off big stipulation match between Cesaro and Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. I believe Cesaro wins and they're saving Cesaro winning the title for in front of a crowd. I think Cesaro is the one that takes it from Roman. I don't think you I, I know you'd say that, but I'm I don't know. I just I just have a gut feeling about it. I think and I know that like Cesaro because here's the thing, like there's certain guys that um as, as certain people put it, don't need a belt. And Cesaro kind of falls in that category. Yeah. But I just find it hard to believe that you book that you book Cesaro the way you've booked him against a world champion talent like Seth for all these months, and there's no ultimate payoff in the end somehow for Cesaro. You're not familiar with the WWE creative team, are you? Well, no shit. I mean, I I, I get what you're saying there. I just I don't know. I think if if everybody had common sense in the room, that's what would happen. But again, like you just mentioned, it's WWE creative. They don't, they can't make sense of one week to the next. So I don't know. I guess that's my pipe dream. All right, there. We'll call that my pipe dream for the next three months of WWE creative. And if it doesn't happen, then we'll just pretend this moment never happened on the podcast. We'll just erase it from history. Um, see, I would sooner see Cesaro getting traded to Raw and chasing the title on Raw. I don't think he. I can see Lashley. Uh, never mind. I'm gonna let that go. I'm not. I, I... All right. Fuck it. I think could see LSD hurting Cesaro. Well, yeah. Cause. But who's to say Lashley's still gonna be champ by that time? You want me to chase Big E? No. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. No, that can't happen. That can't happen. That can't happen. It won't happen. It won't happen. Here's a possibility for you. Existence. Here's a possibility for you because you didn't ask. You you haven't gotten to who I think is going to win the money in the bank match. Oh shit, my bad. <laughs> Dude, I my head is not here. Sorry. Go ahead. So I honestly think the person who's going to win money in the bank is Matt Riddle. And then think about this. Matt Riddle cashing in on Goldberg. All of that bullshit internet heat. Oh, my God. And then. You sure Bill would go for that? And I mean, I think it's a choice. And then Riddle wins, and boom, gets nailed by Randy Orton. Double cross. I mean, I know he doesn't have a choice in the matter because it's Vince's product, but you think Bill would really go for that? 
He doesn't care. He fucking he dropped the fucking title to Braun without an issue. It's Braun. I don't think he wanted the title to begin with, but he had. But they fucking booked that shit in Saudi Arabia, and the the the, the fucking Saudi prince was just like money. Do this shit. He was creaming himself over Goldberg. Um. All right. I. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I could see that too. I suppose. Riddle like cashing on Goldberg would make people pop like a son of a bitch. Every like internet mark would literally have their head explode. I don't like how correct you can be sometimes. I hate you. <laughs> All right, so we're finally here. We're finally going to fulfill something we teased for two weeks now. Well, two shows. It's, really <laughs> been, three, it's been three weeks and two episodes. We're finally going to fulfill what we've been teasing, all right? It's the hot list, but it's not the hot list. There's no formal structure to this week's hot list, okay? I don't have five teams written down. In fact, I only have one team written down right now. I'm sure I'll think of somebody else in the midst of this conversation. But for those of you who have been living under a rock, about a month or so ago, WWE released a special in five parts because they had to split it into groups of ten uh, on the WWE Network, exclusively on Peacock, of the 50 greatest tag teams in WWE history. Or at least they labeled it, yes, they labeled it WWE's 50 greatest tag teams of all time. Now, I'm just going to scroll through here quick. So, just for reference point, this list also included NXT, which I say, what the fuck, but that's not here nor there, apparently. Um, and it does include some WWWF tag teams. Mm -hmm. Um... So with that said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to include, if you are watching the show on YouTube, I'm going to include a link to the full list I have uh, that I found that just lists the 50. It's not a link to the network. It's a list from a reputable wrestling information site that I found. Um, that has just the full list right in order, 50 down to 1. Uh, so I'll put that I'll link in the description of this video on YouTube. So if you're, watch, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever else you listen to your podcasts, go check out the YouTube video of this show. Um, just look up the channel Godzilla Media, and you'll find White Heat Episode 9, and that's the show you're going to want to pull up. So I'll just reveal the top 10 real quick. And then we can get into our bitching, whining, complaining of the list. Uh, number 10 were the British Bulldogs, Danny Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. Number 9, the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and Undertaker. Number 8, the New Age Outlaws. If you don't know who the New Age Outlaws are, fuck off. Uh, 7, the Usos. 6, the Legion of Doom, or the Road Warriors, whatever you want to call them. Number 5, the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon. Number four, Edge and Christian. Number three, the Hart Foundation, Brett and Jim Anvil. Um, number two, the Hardy Boys. Number one, the New Day. 
Um, see, I was looking at a different web window when I was just reading that list. I think he let pounded his head on the desk. I can't really tell. JJ, you there? Okay, yes, good. I want to make sure you didn't just give yourself a concussion a la Bill Goldberg. Anyways, um, so how sh- how do you want to do this? Do you do you want to tear the list apart top to bottom? Do you want to just throw out who you think got excluded that should have been in there? Oh, there's quite uh, a few that got excluded that should have been in there. Okay. Um, I'll let you take the lead on where you want to go with this right now. So as far as top 50 goes, number one, there's some teams in here that weren't even fucking teams. I'm sorry, but the fucking Mega Powers had, what, two matches? Maybe three? Yeah, them being at number 13 is pretty goddamn ridiculous. They shouldn't be on the list at all. Um, I'm not sure. There were three matches? Let me go along with that. Let me go along with that thought process for a second here. Mm-hmm. Um... The Brothers of Destruction were really more a gimmick than anything else. They weren't really a but they true did tag enough and held titles together. Correct. Um, I'd say the same kind of goes for the Rock and Sock connection. Again, more gimmick. Uh, yes, I know they won the tag titles. I just think that was more gimmicky than anything else. Yes. Um, the Rockers being fourteen when they never won the titles formally. Yes, I know they won. <laughs> I know the story. I've seen it in three different fucking WWE documentaries. I know they technically won them on a main event taping, but it wasn't recognized because the fucking ta- top rope broke during the first fall of the two out of three falls match against Hart Foundation. I fucking know. I'm a Bret Hart mark. I fucking know that, okay? I know that. But they never formally won the titles. So them being at 14, I think is whoever making this list leaning too much on how innovative they were for the time and not enough on career accolades. So to me, the Rockers at 14 is utter and complete bullshit. Sorry, HPK. Sorry, coked out Marty Jannetty, but that's the truth, all right? The Rockers at 14 is bullshit. Um, I feel like... <sighs> Here's the other part of the problem I have. I have a problem with them including NXT tag teams here. Well, I mean, the only... Like, I understand that it's a WWE brand, but all things considered, and you're going to name some tag teams that could have been in there, aside from these guys. But it was only DIY. No, Undisputed Era's in here. They're number 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. So, I mean, I get get O'Reilly and Fish were a great tag team, then eventually they had Cole as a part, uh, Cole, and honestly, because of how cluster fuck they were because of injuries that's more stable than a tag team really well yeah when you break it down because all four guys at one point or another held the tag titles because of various injuries that happened so to me having them in let alone at number 20 bullshit dx at 21 listen paul (laughs) all right just stop it um who else we got here hold on let me keep going here dx is on Um, here but but kane and xbox isn't Team Hell No, I'm... Oh, no, Kane and Xbox is. Never mind. Kane and RVD isn't on here, though. Listen, Not that I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay there, with but... Team Hell No being on the list. I don't agree with them being better on the list than, say, Owen Hart and British Bulldog. 
That's yeah. bullshit to me. Um, the Street Profits have only been together for two years. We're putting them on the list already. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Nah, they've been together um, on that, but still. Paul London and Brian Kendrick. What? 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 What the? What the fuck? You need to realize London and Kendrick were the longest reigning SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Cause Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. No, sorry. Um, sorry, I just pulled the Paul Heyman one. I know, but like that's like what that's one of those lines that doesn't work. Like that we like we'll pull that out in this house every once in a while. I'll be like, be like, do you know why? And one of us will say, "Cause Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays." That's really a regular line in your house right now. Oh yes. Oh my goodness! Uh, all right, all right. Listen, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's 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 just be blunt for a second here. Forty-eight through—I f- don't even say forty-seven through fifty is bullshit. Are you looking at this list right now? Yeah. Do you see who forty-seven through fifty is? The smoking guns, the Quebecers, too cool, and the bushwhackers. Fuck off! Ah, Quebecers belong on there. Fuck off! I like Johnny Polo more than I ever liked the Quebecers. Fuck off! Quebecers were fucking good, dude. Um, they had solid chemistry, but you know what's what's fucked up is that the the Quebecers are on here, but not the fabulous Rougeau brothers. And you're gonna tell me rated RKO is only number forty? I don't think they should be on this list at all. Really? They're in the same camp as the fucking Mega Powers, dude. They were singles guys. They were there. Big deal. Oh, they worked so... Uh, I, you well, because they had two? one good finisher? Like, fuck that shit. You know who's not, who's not on this list that should be? The Dream fucking, Team? No. But you know what's fucked up is the fact that Strike Force is on here, but the Can-Am connection isn't. Oh, fuck Tom Zink. Who cares about Tom Zink? Some people who, care about the Z-Man, goddammit. Who cares about the Z-Man? Some people care about the Z-Man. Unless you're the Tony Schiavone, who probably jerks off to a picture of him every night. Neither the fucking Heavenly Bodies nor the Rock and Roll Express are on this list, and that's a fucking crime. That's a sin. That is a sin. Um, Did the Midnight Express even make it? Midnight Express technically never worked for Vince. The new Midnight Express did. We're not, not talking about Al Snow. Was that the one with Al Snow in it? No, that was the one with Bart Gunn and Bob Holly. Oh, bodacious right. Bob and bombastic Bart. No, you're thinking you're thinking of the new Rockers. Well, I knew. Al yeah, Al Snow was Lee Cassidy. Lee Cassidy's fuck off. Oh my god. Um, you don't think the Dream Team should have been in there? I mean, Beefcake yeah. and Break the Hammer. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I. Sorry, I was I was like on my but yeah yeah Beefcake and fucking Valentine should be on this list. And they're not. That's a fucking. That's which I thought was interesting because the Valiant brothers made it, but Valiant as a manager for the Dream Team didn't make it, which was like right. Jesus right. Christ! The, fuck, the Wild Samoan should be higher than number fifteen. I'm sorry. Yep. Um. Fucking. Like, and that's like, the Shield being here. Is a, Shield was a stable. They weren't a tag team. Like a, APA should be a lot higher than they are. Uh. Who else was I fucking thinking of that was just like, how the fuck are they not on this list? Um, even fucking, uh, fucking, um, Cash and Jamie Noble when they were the Pitbulls. 
like they deserve some honorable mention on here. Like I'm not saying like top ten, but they deserve to be fucking on here. Um, hell, even I don't even fucking like them. But how is RVD and Rey Mysterio not on here? Hmm. Like I understand you got like because like evolution like no like which form of evolution are you talking? Are you talking Batista and Flair? Well, those are the main ones that were the tag champions, so probably yeah. Right, but I mean, like, meh. Eminem, Eminem shouldn't be out. You got Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison surpassed Eminem in so many levels. Very true. Very, very true. And, like, Jarrah shows on here, but not show Miz. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Like, that, show Miz lasted longer than Jarrah show. I'm trying to think if there's any others... Out of curiosity, where the fuck was Demolition? I'm assuming top 10. Yeah, they were, I thought they were. Yeah, I thought they, they were, were 11. Oh, number 11, yeah. They deserve high. Powers of Pain isn't on here. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then you get into which variation of Powers of Well, I think there was only one technically in WWE. The Machines. How are the Machines not on here? Are you being serious or are you joking? They should be on here. Like, I'm not saying top 10. You could say somewhere around f- between 50 and 40. They were over in Japan. Vince brought them back, and that was his way to bring back Andre, but the machines worked for Vince. Now I think you're stretching it a little bit. <laughs> not at all. The mach- Hold on. The machines were... Andre and... Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um... Axe from Demolition, right? Or what is it? Bill... I can't remember his fucking real name. Bill something. Um, Barry Darso. No, Barry Darso was Smash. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. sorry. My bad. Who was that? Now, now, now you got my train of thought on something else. On someone that wasn't included. That should have been. Um, fuck. I'm surprised men on a mission didn't make this list. <laughs> like they got the bushwhackers on here for now. That. Like just in the fact of how over they were at the time. Like you you cannot deny when they were baby faces, fucking men on a mission and high energy were over as shit. Bill Eady, by the way, is the name else. Bill Eady, yes, yeah. yes. I was having a brain fart in the last name. Yes. Oh I don't know. It's Anytime I see a list made by WWE, I just kind of roll my eyes and just pray for the best, honestly. Um, <laughs> well, it's because they always cater to whatever their current product says. And, like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know example, something? The New Day being number one. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, the New Day has had the most title reigns, and they've been a huge merch merch money maker for you for a few years now. But that doesn't mean they're the greatest of all time. Imagine Christian. Um, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Who do you who would you who would be your number one? Road Warriors. It's pretty hard to argue. <laughs> There's a reason they call it the Road Warrior Pop. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's pretty hard to argue. 
I've had yeah. that debate with so many workers where they're like, who's gotten the biggest pop of all time? And I'm like, the Road Warriors. And they're like, no, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, motherfucker, there's a reason they call it the Road Warrior pop. And no, we're not including LOD 2000 with draws. LOD two, Okay, so LOD 2000 originally didn't have draws. LOD 2000 was still Hawk and Animal with Sonny. Right. And then Hawk went drinky, drinky. And they went to pukey, pukey. Anyways, yeah. um... That was bad taste, probably, but I don't care. Um, yeah. Draws was puke. I mean, what do you want me to say? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think that does it. We somehow got in under two hours today. Holy shit! Nice. Um, yeah. Any parting thoughts you want to give before? Uh, oh, I, real quick. Uh, congratulations to all the wrestling companies that are going back in front of live crowds now. Recently, uh, tonight is the first one for WWE, and then Sunday with Money in the Bank, Monday with Raw. So good for them. Glad that they're back on the road. Everybody can start living a relatively normal road lifestyle again for them. Go ahead. So basically, congratulations to everyone except Impact, because Jesus fuck. They don't start doing shows in front of crowds again until mid-August. They literally taped Slammiversary and everything that happens after Slammiversary this week. Oh, Impact. Which I watched in Jesus fuck. Their women's title is being defended against the mystery opponent. Right. Like, fucking ridiculous. Fucking. Because they run out of ideas for Gianna Perazzo, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Awesome Kong that they bring back. because And by the way, they pulled the mystery opponent card twice for that show. Yep. Because they have Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins, and Tennille Dashwood going against Matt Cardona and a mystery opponent, which, right. by the way, can't be Chelsea Green. She's still in a fucking cast. Um, no, Chelsea Green showed up in ROH. But didn't she still have the cast on? Maybe, but she showed up at ROH. She's not going to show up at Impact. Well, yeah, no shit she showed up at ROH. But I'm pretty sure she still had the cast on anyway. Well, either way around it, it's not Chelsea Green. As much as yeah. people want to fucking jizz themselves thinking it's going to be, it's not. Which, I don't know. It's Impact. You never fucking know what they're going to pull out of their asses. Um... Yeah, speaking like, of impact, we all know fucking Kenny's not dropping that title to stand it down. I was going to say, speaking of impact, how do you feel about uh, the, the they're making that a, a, a no DQ match now for Sammy and uh, Kenny? Let's just telegraph the fact that fucking everyone's going to interfere. Essentially. <laughs> oh, man. I love well, this like, business. Nobody cares because fucking it's empty arena still. Like you, they could have gotten they, they 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 should have started like recording in front of people again. But because they are so used to recording a month of fucking shows at a time, they're like fuck it, let's just do it again. And now they're gonna lose even more viewers because no one believes that they're gonna fucking damn more revenue. Right. And here's the problem: once they go back to live shows, and they're gonna be like, Kenny, time for you to drop that belt. And Kenny's gonna go go fuck yourself. That'll be a great conversation. So Don Cal is being fired from Impact now. Yeah. So yeah, that uh, that pretty much wraps things up. Uh, if you have any uh, comments, questions, concerns, 
in short form, my Twitter at Brian Cady, B R I A N C A D Y, C A D Y. There we go. Uh, his Twitter, JJ's is at JJ underscore Alexander. And then if you have any long form questions, comments, complaints, uh, my email is brian.katy at godzillamedia.com, G O Z I L L A media.com. Uh, that does it for JJ Alexander. I'm Brian Katy. That was another edition of White Heat. Presented by Godzilla Media and sponsored by Mohawk Honda on Freeman's Bridge Road in Scotia, Glenville. And uh, we'll catch you for the next episode, episode 10, next week. Till then, happy wrestling, folks.